to another episode of What They Don't Tell You at the Hair Salon. It's me, your favorite homegirl and indie author, LaDosha Wright, coming to you live and direct to discuss a myriad of topics about hair. Today, I have a very, very interesting um, topic that I would like to discuss about hair. And of course, it is fueled by the bills that are being introduced into Ohio's um, committees about hair. So we have two big issues that are being introduced. Number one is to lower the standards of education in cosmetology by way of decreasing the hours, restructuring how cosmetologists are trained. Um, Also, um, when you lower the hours, you gridlock our professionals into the state of Ohio because now they won't have as much education. And then, of course, there is another bill where they are introducing to totally eliminate, eradicate, stamp out, get rid of education and regulation for those um, people who are doing what they are calling natural hair. So today, this segment is about who will care for natural hair. Think about what I'm saying. Who will care for natural hair? Prior to becoming a hairstylist, I used to be an outreach worker. And it was during my work as an outreach worker that I discovered that hair care was not getting any attention like hairstyling. So there is a distinct difference in the mind of the consumer and in the mind of a hairstylist about what those two terms mean. Now, of course, you can have a hairstyle without hair care, and you can have hair care without a hairstyle. But there is a distinct difference in how you do both. And so when I say who will care for natural hair, I am speaking of that in its truest sense of every word in that sentence who meaning the people will as in the verb care as in the verb for as in a connector natural as in all people hair as in you know the different textures and fibers to to all the people who have it who is going to care for natural hair so let me give you a couple of uh, research points that I discovered So Mentel, which is one of my favorite, favorite research firms, when I wrote my book, What They Don't Tell You at the Hair Salon, I used a lot of their research to vet the research that I was getting. So I would go back and forth between what this firm was reporting on and what other people were writing about, which were often contradictory. You have to be careful about what you're reading about hair care um, on some of these headlines because a lot of this stuff is fluffed up opinions by people who write them. But when I write, I do like to go back and forth and vet the information that I'm sharing with my customers and readers. So they report that uh, $2.56 billion was spent by uh, black people on hair care, yet um, skincare takes up 37% of market, market sales. Did you hear what I said? $2.56 billion is spent by blacks on hair care products. 
yet skincare takes up 37% of market sales. Now, I make it a point to point out um, blacks compared to the entire segment or um, market group of people who buy these products because to me, black people are more at risk because of our uh, history of hair shaming, discrimination, and just flat out, you know, um, denial of access to being able to comb our hair. So to me, black people have a unique position in the world of hair care that needs its own special attention. So here we have a large group of um, of black people who are spending a large amount of money, yet skincare takes up 30% um, of the market sales. And look at the term skincare as opposed to um, uh, um, you know, hair care. So skin care gets a large amount of its sales because someone is teaching people how to take care of their skin as opposed to um, people with hair care don't get that same information. So that's where I'm going with this. Skin care gets a lot of attention, spends a lot of money, and they're taking up a lot of the sales because they have a lot of assistance in how to take care of skin care. One of the things that I love to point out when I'm doing presentations is that when you go to buy skincare products, notice that you will never find a bar of soap that says for black people. <laughs> you know, you'll never find a, you know, a pack of deodorant that says, you know, for Puerto Ricans. So um, just when you look at the whole uh, health and beauty big scheme of things um, when you get to hair it becomes very segregated but once you move into the overall hygiene it becomes less segregated and that's to give you guys something to think about I did a presentation last Saturday um, with the wonderful help of the Cleveland Public Library which I have to give a big shout out to them um, pointing out you know my concern about people shopping down ethnic aisles and you know um, these terms are not helpful and so when you have this type of segregation taking place specifically around hair I'm concerned and when you move over into the other parts of hygiene it becomes less segregated what type of message are we sending when about hair okay yet we have this new act that I'm always pumping up the crown act create a respectful and open workplace for natural hair that's the crown act create a respectful and open workplace for natural hair and this uh, bill is you know being introduced into various states across the united states as i speak and i'm certain it's going to make its way into um, ohio compliments of uh Marsha Fudge so we thank her so much for that she's very dedicated to the cause before it even became uh, um, um, national uh, headlines and so here we have this crown act that's going to be introduced yet <laughs> we have uh, segregation and owls and hair care come on are we going to address this um, I'm, I love you know um you know, uh, fighting for our rights. I love standing up rather, not fighting, but standing up for our rights. We need to stop this nonsense. 
How are we going to have an act that creates uh, encouraging, that America creates a respectful and open workplace for natural hair, but we're going to push them down a segregated aisle? I don't think that's very open. I believe that the Crown Act is going to be responsible for stamping that aisle out, and I'm definitely going to be a part of the big push to get behind the Crown Act and um, use that uh, momentum of what these wonderful people are doing to bring attention to other things um, that are lying beneath that affects people with natural hair. So moving on to natural hair, if it grows from your scalp, guess what is natural? So when I say who will care for natural hair, I'm concerned, again, not only about the segregation and our shopping options, but I'm also concerned about the racial assignment to the term natural hair. And so this, for me as a licensed cosmetologist, and keep in mind, I do have a little piece of degree in social science. I'm just not feeling comfortable with associating natural hair with black people. So we do understand that something horrible has happened to black people and their hair historically for 400 years. And we know what I'm referring to slavery. Slavery is the number one culprit to all of this nonsense that we're going through. Why? Because when our ancestors were forcibly brought to these United States or to this country, whatever they called it back then, um, on the slave ship, on the slave manifestos, there, there is no evidence that they brought over any combs, brushes, or hair care products. That's number one. Number two, we know they shaved the heads off to keep our ancestors from communicating with each other and of course when you shave a person's head you're doing a little bit more than stopping communication you know the psychological abuse of that can only be uh just wretched okay uh in addition we were denied access to soap water combs brushes and so on and so forth so in this backdrop of um uh, of, of, of not being able to do our hair, you have to understand that it's very, very, very important that we begin a process to help our people understand how important it is to care for their hair. And so when we get into natural hair care and we have it assigned to only a specific group of people, Number one, we're kind of falling back into the same things that the colonizers did by denying certain people what they need. And so natural hair is not only on people of color, it's on all people. Let us not repeat what history has taught us that is absolutely deplorable, segregation and racism. And we know that this um, atrocity that happened to us was horrible. But it does not trump science. We have a science that's working in our favor for once and for all, as it always has, that says we no longer need to do this. We need to point it out, but we don't need to operate from the premise that natural hair is exclusively black power, sister, brother. You see where I'm going with this? So there is a culture of that for sure. Culture and science are two different things. And so no one is out here speaking out. 
about this and no one is out there questioning this. Now, I am not trying to kumbaya this situation like, can we all get along? No, I'm not saying that. There is something unique and special about the culture of black hair, but natural hair is totally separate. And I'm not saying that the Crown Act is specifically for the culture of black people. The, uh, the Crown Act, the acronym stands for Create a Respectful and Open Workplace for Natural Hair. Now, of course, it was geared towards the hair shaming that happened to and exclusively black and brown people, but um, I'm certain that that act is to protect all people from being discriminated against because what we're going to see that's going to happen is that you're going to see a lot of people of different complexions start to rock and wear their natural hair as well. And so um, um, because you will see that textured hair is not only on black and brown people, other races and ethnicities and cultural practices from other races and ethnicities and cultures of people have forced them to straighten their hair too. So it didn't just happen to people of color. It happened to a lot of other ethnicities, including uh, uh, Europeans within their own culture where they were not allowed to, to wear their hair curly as well. So again, who will care for natural hair? Who will stop this nonsense? Because investors, they do a good job of getting sales into um, uh, Walmart and Target and CVS. Now, when I'm speaking of sales, I'm talking about these natural hair care products. There's a big push to get these products into mainstream. They want these products to be more accessible. Uh, people aren't always on their phones, and some people don't trust shopping on the phones. And just being able to have this stuff available online and uh, in person, of course, from a sales standpoint, is actually outstanding. However, who will care for what these people are putting out and selling to us? Just because black folk made it don't mean it's good for us. It does not mean that I am a licensed, educated cosmetologist specializing in trichology, and I am also a Fermisi certified master colorist. I have 20 years of experience, I and I also have hair on my head, and I can tell you that the bulk of the natural hair products that they are putting out is crap. And no one is holding these people accountable. Now, to all the company's credit, they are not saying that these products are for every single person. So, but we still have to get out ahead and say, hold up, hold up, wait a minute. Who are you selling this stuff to? Be a little bit more specific. We should encourage these companies to categorize these products for what they are truly used for. So a product can say that it is for kinky hair and there are people with curly hair that are using it. Um, even the term kinky, yeah, that's a whole nother podcast. But you see where I'm going with this. Next up, comb and brush sales are up. So... They are selling more combs. They are selling more brushes. People are looking for um, assistance. They are buying, you know, the products that they need to care for their hair. But who would care? Who would care to help the people? The bulk of the people have the wrong comb. 
I, again, I've been in the industry for 20 years, and I would say 99% of the problems that are coming from hair um, is kind of a tie. I shouldn't say 90. I was going to just say one, but it's a tie between combs and, and, and shampooing. So what I mean by combs and shampooing, both are being used incorrectly. So we have to get out ahead of what's being produced or work in unison to make sure that the consumers are getting the proper help that they need. Um, Next up, the Institute for Justice, they are winning unprecedented cases across the United States. It's like no one can even come next to these people. They are, are winning cases across the United States for people who are doing locks, braids, and quote-unquote natural hairstyling to not have any education or regulation. I repeat, the Institute for Justice, they are winning cases across the United States of America that says people who do natural hair, meaning braids, extensions, locks, twists, anything that doesn't have to do with the chemical, they don't need education and they do not need regulation. Now, I know I went to many, many forums and I had one myself on Saturday and there is a very huge collective thought processes that the Institute for Justice, these people are actually 100% emphatically correct. And I say to that, have y'all lost y'all rabbit? You know, have y'all lost y'all rabbit? Are you people serious? Do you understand what this, what they are really saying? The Institute for Justice are, these people are so backwards and so ignorant that no one has even entertained questioning the obvious. So let me get this right, Institute for Justice, because let's break this down. The Institute for Justice are winning unprecedented cases across the United States where people who do natural hair, meaning braids, locks, twists, and extensions, and services that do not require any chemicals, do not need any education or regulation, Drum roll, please, because they are black. And that white folk never taught black people how to do hair, meaning braids, locks, twists. Well, white folk ain't never taught black people how to do anything, but you don't see any laws saying that they can't regulate us. That's number one. Number two, overall, because that was facetious, that was mean, I know. But, and I'm not apologizing for that because historically it's true. But here's the thing. What they're really saying is, first of all, we don't want to be bothered with those kinds of people because those kinds of people are black people. That's the people who are doing that, who are doing those hairstyles. And I know what you're saying. Where are you going with this? Because do you think that there's going to be a law that they're fighting across the United States for white people to not have education to know how to do their hair? Hell no. They want the best for their people. 
This type of stuff is crazy. It's stupid. And you know what it is. It's segregation. It's leading up to House Bill 399 to lower the standards of education and cosmetology. At what point did braiding not become a hairstyle? I have no idea. But again, that's another blog. Okay. So then number two, you also have to even question if those people don't have any education or any regulation, how are the public, how will the public rather be protected and ensured that the people who are doing their hair really know what they're doing? You don't think that because a person is black that they actually know what they're doing when they braid hair? Oh, yes, they do believe that. And I always want, you know, I want to go to one of those hearings because I want to say something, something like this. Have any of y'all ever been to Africa? I mean, if you're saying that Africans, uh, African-Americans, descendants of Africans uh, uh, who were enslaved have this natural talent and so on and so forth, uh, you know, have you ever been to Africa? Because in Africa, they have no concept of this nonsense that we're doing. Hut slash home hairstyling is completely, totally different to what you're going to do in the public. Now, it is true that if you're going to do hair in your home and you and your cousin and your friends are just going to do each other, I do agree that the government has nothing to do with it. But the minute you start publicly announcing that you are charging money and you're going to service people on a continuum, Meaning, after you do your cousin, here come your auntie. After you do your auntie, here comes your niece. After you do your niece, here comes your co-worker. I mean, after all, cosmetologists are serving the same damn people. Most of our customers, <laughs> they are our family and friends and co-workers too. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. So, once you open that up to the public, are you saying that your cousins and families, members and co-workers don't deserve the same level of education and public safety and sanitation practices as a person that goes into, let's say, best cuts? Just think about that. Think about what I just said. I really want you to think about it because that's what they are saying. We don't care if you people mess up your hair as long as you don't bring that crap over to our side of the fence. And that's wrong because all people need to be protected. This industry comes in contact with all types of microorganisms that can wreak havoc. If you think I'm joking, think about the damn coronavirus. Now, of course, we don't really see that type of epidemic taking place in cosmetology. But we do know for a fact that we have to protect the public from certain things that, you know, that are contagious, that can happen in combs and brushes and, 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 and capes and sitting on, you know, uh, uh, porous fabrics uh, and exchanging hats and coats and hanging stuff up, you know. So you have a lot of things, and I'm not just limiting this to lice and knits, but that also is very dangerous. 
I, we, we have to turn away lots and lots and lots of people who have nits and lice from hair additions that they never knew they had because the braider simply did not inspect their hair or the hair they bought that they put in their hair. But that's a whole nother conversation. Oh, I'm sorry. It's not as dangerous as the coronavirus. Well, I tell you what, when you tell a person they have lice or nits, they're going to act like they, you just told them they have what? The coronavirus. Is that serious? Because at the top of my conversation, I did say that hair is very personal. So people don't like that. They don't want to hear that they have lice or nits. So those are just a few things that can take place when you don't have uh, public safety uh, practices in place to help protect the public. And then last but not least, I did an interview with uh, NPR last week. And the interview was about relaxers and hair coloring being endocrine disruptors and so um, uh, endocrine disruptors are very um, important to our I mean endocrine our endocrine system is very uh, vital to our health and how our body functions and how how our body secretes hormones that's what the endocrine system is about. Well, one of them. And so they're saying that there is research that says that relaxers and hair coloring um, are responsible for dis- disrupting the endocrine system, thus causing cancer, particularly breast cancer. And so they came to me for an interview about this. And of course, I said malarkey. Uh, malarkey, meaning the research has said the verdict is out because there's a discrepancy between the validity of the actual term endocrine disrupting and in their own reports they hadn't identified what ingredient or chemical is causing this endocrine disruption okay and so we have to be careful with this term and I I heard it on someone talking about the coronavirus infodemic Again, who would care for natural hair to stop infodemic from happening to hurt people and hurt careers? There's nothing wrong with saying we are doing research. But there is something wrong with misleading the public into thinking that your research is conclusive when it is not. PhDs have not always been right. Scholarly work is um, the highest form of looking into things but sometimes scholarly work has been incorrect so we need not jump the gun and move too fast we need to be honest in saying there are some concerns about the use of these chemicals but there is no conclusive evidence to be alarmed okay so um, we have to be careful we have to be responsible but when you lower standards of education When you remove education and regulations in certain sectors, you're going to have these types of um, infodemics influencing our industry. And we're jumping the gun and making changes that shouldn't take place when the evidence is inconclusive. The push to lower the standards of education and cosmetology is because... The information that's being put out about what we need and do not need, they are in 
inconclusive. The, the, the fact that I'm having a podcast about who will care for natural hair is telling you that information is inconclusive. When you have done something so shameful as taking a whole sector of people and move them to the right. And you have a bill that's being introduced that says create a respectful and open workplace for natural hair. Are you saying to move all these people over and make them set out? No, they're saying stop talking about them and treating them differently. That's what they're saying. They didn't say, oh, they don't need as much protection as white people with straight hair. Oh, no, those people don't need as much education as people who's going to get highlights. Oh, no, no, no. Those people don't need to have um, safe uh, precautions in how they drape their clients and how to sanitize their comb as people who's going to get a relaxer. Do you guys see what I'm saying? Who will care for natural hair? Who will stop this nonsense? I'm going to ask you to join me, LaDosha Wright, cosmetologist and the author, in an actual, not movement, but position and action to stop this nonsense by sharing this podcast, having the conversation and following me on all the social media platforms as I begin to unleash the wrath on this type of stupidity that continues to plague and hurt undereducated people. Thank you so much for listening. You know what I say when I'm always signing off, right? Peace, love, and hair. And if you ain't got no hair, they rub your beautiful, shiny, sexy, gorgeous, wrinkled, dimpled, crunchy ball head. Bye.